Hi, I'm Andy McDonald, Senior Pastor of Whole Life Church here in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational congregation, a faith community committed to our mission to love people into lifelong friendship with God. And we're committed to our vision to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Hi, and welcome to Whole Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. We're so glad that you were able to join us today for our worship service. This summer, we're interviewing four of our members or member families and uh, helping to get their perspective on what we've been going through in the crisis and to hopefully learn from each other. Uh, The scriptures tell us to encourage one another, and our goal is that these conversations will be encouraging to you. I know you're going to enjoy today's interview. Before we begin, let's just uh, stop for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your grace in our lives, for the fact that you're there for us in all the different circumstances. We pray for courage and strength, comfort and sustaining for uh, all the people who have been touched by the COVID crisis and also just um, our world in general. We pray that you will come and have your way and your will in all of our lives and in your world. And bless us now as we have conversation, uh, that this might be uh, the words we say, the thoughts that we share might be encouraging for each one who's listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today we have Dr. Hurley Paulini Reed. Is that the whole thing? Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And uh, she has a wonderful counseling practice as a counseling psychologist. And we're just glad. We're going to talk a little bit about that a little bit later on as well, get some of that expertise. Uh, so you're also the mother of three grown sons. Yes. Uh, you and Steve are members here, um, yes. very engaged. And But the three boys, I'm just curious, I have to ask, where are, where are they, how are they doing? Right. So two of them, the youngest and the middle one, are in Seattle. Oh, so, high tech, and that surprised me. Right. <laughs> high tech. And um, also, really, the, the hotbed right now of a whole lot of unrest, you mm. know. So they've been in quarantine for oh, a long right. time, five months or so. They've been working from home. Uh, the youngest is kind of part of the political process there and works for, for um, a civic ventures kind of an organization. Mm-hmm. And he is communication director. So he's a busy guy these days with yeah. so much oh, going so on. so much in Seattle, yes. Yeah. 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 And the oldest and his wife, they were in California just until recently. They ha- actually have taken the year. This was before the pandemic. They started last year uh, traveling in their big RV. They can work from anywhere. And so they've been hitting all the major spots uh, in the U.S. But they had been in California for the past several months because of the lockdown. Sure. They just this week moved to Oregon. And from there, they are headed to see the, the brothers in Washington. Well, great. Well, that'll, yeah. that'll be, they'll all three be together for a little bit. Yes. Well, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So um, you were just telling me before we started, yes. uh, I was going to ask if you and your family are healthy, but you've yes. had the COVID crisis come very close to home. Yes. Uh, tell us, tell us what's happened. So, um, an incredible loss, actually, Mm. Pastor Andy. Um, Just this past Saturday night, early morning, on Sunday, Father's Day, right? We got the news that my my wonderful cousin, who is a doctor, a general surgeon in in Brazil, 
in Sao Paulo um, who was fighting, you know, the virus that he got 10 days ago, he, he lost the battle. Mm. And I tell you, our family was in deep grief. It was uh, a Father's Day where he left four kids behind, a wife, and and just a wonderful human being in the world. He was just one of those really gentle and and really caring Mm -hmm. souls. So we are right now, I mean, if we were not grieving before, which we were, a hundred and some thousand people in our country have died and and we we suffer together, right? But now it's so personal, Mm -hmm. you know, it has come so close to us. And and. He contracted this as he was trying to help. Yeah, so he didn't have to be in the front lines at this time because he was really pretty well set Mm -hmm. and he had been home and he saw his colleagues suffering and really overwhelmed and he volunteered actually to go help them. And through that process for the several months that he did that, he contracted the virus and, and, and really it was looking like he was going to beat it until this virus just takes you down and attacks all kinds of parts of your body. So some people fare really well. Others don't. And he was a healthy guy, not old, and it still really took him down in a very fast way. So you have to, like, pause and have such respect for what's happening here and how it's impacting all of our lives. I think it's a a great message about... uh, the unknowns right. and us making right. sure we're caring for others yes. in that process as that's, well. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Early, as a clinical psychologist, what are some yes. of your early thoughts mm. as this pandemic was just beginning uh, mm. in, the, in the mental health care of right. people? Um, right. Wow. That's a huge question. We could talk for hours about that. But, uh, you know, some of the things that have come to me kind of more often, the first one is, This is like on many levels an affront to our mental health as well. Mm -hmm. Because look at how people are dying in isolation without their loved ones. Look at how we can't be with each other. This was really evident to me now in our loss where we couldn't be together as a family. Giving hugs and consoling. and exactly. The things that usually comfort us. So we are are challenged in in our emotional health Mm -hmm. right now. Um, I would say the other piece that really challenges us is this piece where they've called it social distancing, which is an unfortunate way of putting it. Physical distancing would be a much better word. Yes, (laughs) absolutely, because there's nothing that would be actually more true than to say we have to step up the social closeness Mm -hmm. right now in order to cope. What makes us more resilient is connection, actually. So that's the second piece. And I would say the third one is how fast things are changing and how you have to adapt from moment to moment. So you don't have control (sighs) over anything pretty much. That's right. Right? And so you have to flex and flex and continue to do so, you know, adapting every step of the way. And that's a real challenge as well. So you've noticed a change in your clients as well? Absolutely. So my clients are mostly doctors. I work with doctors from all over mm. the country and, and from here as well. And so there, there's, there are different variables there. Some are in the front lines and really exposing themselves daily. Some have gotten sick and been hospitalized with it. So, and they are afraid to actually pass this on to their family. So they are all quarantining themselves and not coming home. And so they have isolation mm-hmm. and their support system is absolutely changed, you know. Oh, yeah. So thank God for telehealth where yes. I can see them and continue to support them. Then others were sidelined. 
because when we were closed That's down, right. they were sort of like doing nothing. And some of them fared quite well because for the first time they could work out, they could be with their <laughs> families, they could rest better, they weren't working as hard, and, and they took a much needed pause. Mm. And so that was interesting. Their mental yeah. health actually increased some because they wow. were initial. But it was interesting to see they also suffered from like uh, survivor's guilt. In sure. a way. They were guilty that other colleagues were really working so hard and they were taking a break. So mm. it, it affects you in so many different ways. And yeah. you have to look at it from, from individuals and what they need and what's happening for each of them. Yeah, what's what's good for one may not be good for another. May not be good for another. For sure. Maybe a whole different need, you know. And then if you have any trauma from the past, it wakes everything up. Oh, that's true. Yes. Yeah. So if you if, and you may have worked out that trauma at one point, it just raises itself again. It gives you an opportunity to rework and to reprocess the trauma. Wow. So it's it's can be a double whammies. Yes. Yeah. Often, yes. Yeah. Um. You know, as we as we look at this crisis, uh, you know, obviously the personal loss is the is the greatest thing for yeah. you. Other than yeah. outside of that, the most disturbing thing about going through this crisis has been what? I think I think it's the collective suffering. Hmm. Actually, I participated in a vigil that was uh, for mourning the the dead people you know mm. the many people we lost right. and their names were spoken and i tell you it was so deeply moving mm. you know so there's a grief right now that is kind of like unspoken in a way and we have no place to go with it so i found it helpful to actually participate in that online vigil where you you're really letting yourself really grieve for the life's lost mm. You know. Yeah, it's been so hard on the funerals and the and the gatherings of any right. kind like that. It's right. just been really, really tough. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, in in caring for all of that, you you mm. you have to do that on a professional basis. Right. Um, how do you, how do you do that on a personal basis? Right. How how do you how do you be a therapist to the therapist? <laughs> right. Right. So the first thing I did is to up the connection. Mm-hmm. You know, so we created Zoom kind of platforms for us to be with our Sabbath school, for us to be with our fellowship group, for us to have family gatherings on a regular basis. Yeah. We upped the connection and that really helps me. The The second thing that I was really mindful of doing, whether I felt like it or not, and believe me, a lot of times I didn't feel like <laughs> it and I still don't, is to just keep exercising, keep yeah. taking really good care of my body, doing things on a daily basis that kind of disconnect me, like disconnect from news, disconnect mm-hmm. from all of the things related to this, mm-hmm. and just do something that is completely, like, not related. That's great. That's Simple. But yeah. not related. That, that's really mm-hmm. that. That's, that's a great counsel for all of us. Uh, to, that mm-hmm. disconnection from yeah. too much over, yeah. over, over notification about it. Right. The brain and the heart need a break mm-hmm. from 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 that. I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I'm not trying to raise fear. But, but from mm-hmm. from as we, as we dealt with this thing, what was what's been the most fearful part? Mm-hmm. Has there been a fearful a fearful part that just you've mm-hmm. had to hear about, do, mm-hmm. or felt yourself? Right. So absolutely. Early on, when my office wasn't closed yet, I was quite aware that the population I see is kind of a risk population. So everybody I see is exposed to the nth degree and they're coming in, Mm. you know, with that. So I was afraid for it for myself, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And the second thing I was afraid for is the kids. 
Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. They are young, and I was afraid that they might not take it as seriously. But thankfully, they have been absolutely like, no, we understand, and masks and all that. We care for people. We want others to be well. And they are absolutely really staying with the guidelines. Oh. You know? So that great. was a relief for sure. me. But there is an uncertainty that is beyond that, right? There's an uncertainty that is for our community here mm-hmm. in the church. Right. And how do we care for each other? And I'm forever thinking about the most vulnerable mm-hmm. among us. And and so I I think of different ways. So our Sabbath school, for example, we created a fund, you know, to help some families that had lost their jobs and right. who needed help yeah. um, in, in, in any other types of things that we can do. It helps to lower the anxiety when you feel like there's so much out of control, but these things I can do. Here's so something I we can invest do. in that. Yeah. You know? That was interesting. In that first video we showed, I think the second week of the crisis mm-hmm. about Natan, Natan Sharansky, who had been a... You know, just you know, control what you can control. Don't worry about right. things you can't control. Right. Yeah, right. So true. Yeah. Uh, during the toughest moments of this journey, since mm-hmm. since we've run into this thing, mm-hmm. um, have there been scriptures or songs or quotations that mm-hmm. have where you found some kind of support as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are songs. I, I can't think of one here, but I love music mm-hmm. and I love to play the right. piano just for myself, you know, and I do that a lot. It just kind of like really help me, you know, to kind of deal with my own emotions. Therapeutic. Therapeutic. It is. Yeah. And there are certainly, you know, verses and, you know, I will go with you through the valley of death. I mean, that's a promise. It doesn't say there will be no death. It just says he's here. He's mm-hmm. with me. Right. Take a deep breath. You're not alone. Yeah. Um, that's that, really helpful to me. That whole companionship in, in this yes. alone time when we're not connecting, that's, right. that's very, that, to realize right. that that eternal presence is with us. Always, is always. eternally present. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, just before my cousin was uh, intubated and put on the ventilator, mm-hmm. he actually sang a Bible verse saying, the Lord will see me through. And, and it was something he used to sing to wow. his kids, you know? My, my. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, and it's recorded, and 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 it was like on a phone call because sure. he was in isolation. Um, just the most moving thing, mm-hmm. you know. The, well, yeah. the show where his confidence lies, right? And that's and that amazing. gives us comfort oh, now sure. too, you know. You have to take continuing education to right. keep your certifications up and right. that kind of thing. So, so we go through a crisis like this, and mm. there are learnings, and yes. we don't want to lose the learnings. Yeah. Uh, can, can you think of any learnings that we ought to make sure we hold on to as we've gone through this? Right. So for me, the first learning is, you know, you think something is important, think again. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes we make a big deal out of things that at the, when you are faced with what we're being faced now, it's like, let's get down to the basics. Okay. People mm-hmm. are important. That's right. it. Your hair color, whether you find out my true hair color in three <laughs> weeks or not, not so important. Right. Yeah. We're dealing with life here. And so that's one thing. The second thing is that this idea of like independence, mm. we are interdependent. Yes. What you do impacts me, and what I do impacts you. But more than that, I'm reminded of that quote from uh, Tuesdays with Maury Mm. when he said, when you're born, we need others to survive. 
when we're dying, we need others, right? But in between, we need others even more. <laughs> That's really true. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. One of the things that struck me in this journey from a learning is, is the world has shrunk. Yes. COVID doesn't know borders. Nope. Doesn't know nationalities, no. ethnicities. It, it is no. a, it, and it, it should, it should remind us, I hope, mm-hmm. that we are one family, one human family. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and all, and absolutely. All in crisis together. It's one community, really. This, the, the, the idea of borders, it's totally a false thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the idea that we are a church without walls. It's kind of, you know, it exemplifies this peace that it's like there's no such thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's good. So any ways that this experience has interacted with your faith and your connection with Jesus? Hmm. So, uh, you know, to me, um, Jesus is most present, like, in people, right? Mm Um. And, and I think that we are Jesus' feet and hands. So I'm really aware that that's who he has. Right. Right. And so every day I try and, and sort of connect with that and to think, uh, how would you like me to carry your love and care today? Mm. You know, and it gives me a certain kind of sort of like, um, what would you say, a partnership with him? Yeah. I'm not so much asking him for stuff, you know, because... I'm not sure how that goes, you know? <laughs> yes. But what I am conscious of is that we are in relationship and that I might be able to be his carrier, mm. his instrument in some kind of way. I don't mean that in an arrogant way. No. I mean that in a conscious way that, that really is very grateful that he uses us human beings yeah. in, in a way that might be of help to another person. Yeah. That's, that is beautiful, and yeah. that, that we truly are the body of yes. Christ yeah, yeah. that way. We've yeah. had a lot of weeks now mm. um, not assembling here yes. for our services, yeah. and, uh, and so that you know, it begins to wear on us as a, as a congregation, I think, a little bit as well. Yes. Uh, how, any ways um, mm. that you're thinking about church in general or the importance mm. of church or meeting together. Mm-hmm. How, how has this altered your thoughts about church? Mm. So uh, to me, I feel connected actually yeah. to our church. I feel connected online when I'm watching the service. But more than that, we have our small groups, yes. several of them. And we have even had potlucks that are virtual potlucks. <laughs> virtual potlucks. Yeah. Can't smell the food. but <laughs> Can't smell the food, but we can sh- share. And it's really fun. That's and neat. we can stay connected in that way. Now, it's not the same. Now, you know me. I'm Hugger. I'm oh, from yeah. Brazil. Sure. I, you know, um, I miss that. And I will miss mm-hmm. that. But for the sake of us all. We have to find some creative ways, yeah. you know. So we create chat rooms in in Telegram or you know WhatsApp, whatever, and we stay in touch. We have a prayer group with sisters that are all over the country, and we meet for brunch on <laughs> virtually, you know. Yeah. So I would say, if anything, I'm more connected actually because mm. I'm more conscious of the fact that I can't be there in person. We can't meet, yeah. and so now, how can I be there? And how can you be there for me? 
That's interesting you know. that, that we, we're we sort of spoiled by the reality of being there with each other. Yes. And when we don't have that now, we, we, the intentionality behind it yes. maybe makes it more noticeable for us as yes. well. That's I think good. it will make us better, Andy. I hope. I think it will <laughs> connect us more. But we have to be careful not to get so complacent with our isolation. I think that if we are isolated and we get to, the brain gets used to everything, Mm -hmm. you know? So it has to be really intentional that we do not sort of like think that we are alone, it's a pandemic, we're not going to be together. No, let's find ways to be in small groups. Let's find ways to encourage each other, to be with each other and to share what's happened, the good, the bad, and the in-between. That's that's really, that's really important. As we think about our mission and our vision as a church, mm-hmm. um, how, how any advice or what was, mm-hmm. the best ways for us to be still on mission and still fulfilling our, mm-hmm. our vision while this is going on? Right. So I'd love to see us do some more platforms online where there's conversations and people come for those conversations, mm. in particular now with all this unrest oh, yeah. and the whole you know, um, racial issue. There's so much we can do about that. We have great models in Christianity, and we have very poor models that yeah. we have been <laughs> ourselves, right? Certainly. But, but the model itself in Jesus Christ is amazing, mm-hmm. and we should be able to prepare ourselves to lead conversations, but mostly to listen. To create safe spaces where we can be listening and asking open, honest questions where we're learning. You right. know, I think this would be a great time for us to do that. People are looking for safe spaces to have conversations that yeah. are meaningful and real yeah. and where they can be heard. Really, the best thing, that the best gift we can give a person is to listen. It is so true, Hurley. I, I think I think one of the reasons I like being a pastor is I get to speak and everybody listens. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but but the you know they I guess we're told that the the human spirit can't tell the difference between being loved and being listened to. That that's, those are synonymous. That's true. Um, that's true. Yeah. Why do you think t- therapy works so well? <laughs> I mean, people come and they say. Wow, nobody has ever listened to me in this way, and it's true, yeah. right? But why is that, that we can't do that for each other, right? It, it, I'm always amazed when a person comes to see me with some crisis or problem, and, and I, I ask three questions and listen right. a lot, right. and they're like, oh, yeah, okay, thank you so much. You did so much. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I just listened to you. Right. <laughs> that's how powerful yeah. it is. It really is. Uh, yeah. That's great. Um, I think about... Um, Oh, yeah. So thinking about caring for people and being yes. Christ's hands and body in the, yes. in the world, uh, where can we, uh, what are some recommendations for maintaining good mental health during the crisis? And what are some suggestions for helping others to maintain good right. mental health in the crisis? Uh, you probably covered it already, but. Uh, yeah. So in summary, I would say. Really attend to your own processes, right? And it's okay for us to break down. By the way, I do it regularly, sure. right? When the, the grief hits me, mm-hmm. um, that's part of the human condition is that we must process all emotions, not just the good ones, <laughs> right. right? And so we take care of it. But I do not let myself to be there 24-7, right? Mm-hmm. I say, okay, you got your, you're a guest here. I serve you tea and we talk, right? But at the end of this, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go walk to the lake. I'm going to look for green things. I'm going to look for good things because there's a lot of right that's happening in the world. But our brains 
they kind of like focus on the bad and there is too much bad right now. So you got to train your brain to actually, at the end of the day, what inspired me today? What really is right with this world? Mm. And it might be something you did. Or it might be something somebody did for you or with you, right? So I think it's important to attend to that and to not allow ourselves to just be in despair because it looks pretty bad, like the world's on fire. But in the midst of that, grace is happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. Can we put our glasses on and, and see it? And look for it. And more than that, can we be the grace that we seek as well? Because sometimes that's all the control we have. Yeah. Right? So we can, let, we can let despair come in as a guest, but don't let them move in. <laughs> don't let them move in. That's a good way of putting it. And I'd say the last thing I would say, stay connected. You've got to have a community. If you didn't have a community, uh, you know, before this, this is prime time. Mm-hmm. We cannot really survive without others right now. Right. Right. And, and, it's, and it's an illusion that we ever thought we could, but, but we, yeah. we, we thought we could. This pandemic has definitely pulled the curtain over that illusion, and that's a good thing. Oh, very good. That's yeah. a good thing. There's good that can come from this bad. I'm not trying to be Pollyannish. I'm no. not, you know, but I think if we can't take the good here, then it will be wasted. What do you think God might want to say to the whole life church about how to be of courage and move forward. Yeah, I'd say God's saying right now, I'm with you. Mm. Okay, I'm going to see you through. We don't know tomorrow, but he does. And certainly he has promised to be with us. And I think he's saying, fix your eyes here. Okay, Mm. let me take care of this. Just partner with me. That's what he's saying. Thank you so much for You're sharing welcome. Herbie. You're welcome. It's my privilege. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians. All focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.